Join the leadership whisperer, Janine Jackson, from Leading Together, as she talks with guests to uncover what makes great leaders, what creates success, and their own unique style. Get inspired, get curious, and learn how to transform your leadership. Hi, Blake. <laughs> so, welcome everybody to Leadership and Life Lessons with Leading Together. We're deciding to do some live lunch series with some leaders that I think are worth having a chat to. And I'm so happy, Blake, that you've decided to do this with me, this crazy adventure. So, for those of you who don't know Blake, Blake is a pretty amazing guy, which is why I've asked him to join us. <laughs> so I've known Blake for probably seven years and in that ages, ages and ages. And in that time, uh, he is a pretty cool digital marketing guru, I think is the best word I can use for you. And one of the few digital geeks that's also a human being. So he has some incredible leadership skills that I've learned a lot from um, over the years. So I thought I'd have a chat and we can share. So the one thing that I've really admired about Blake is his ability to use humour in situations, oh, which I think we found ourselves in a few over the years. Always. And uh, the ability for him to use innovative solutions. So there's always a new idea, a new app, which I've managed to follow several of his advice on his new apps, but he leads people from a place of authenticity. The thing that's really amazing about Blake is you always know who Blake is, where he is, where he stands. It's a place of truth and vulnerability, and this allows him to build trust with people around him really quickly. So those who've had the pleasure of meeting Blake always love Blake. So the, the one thing he'll tell you is he's actually really good at building systems and processes, which is not the thing I'm brilliant at, and so brings order to my chaos. And the other thing that he's had the opportunity to do is work across a whole world of different sectors. So nonprofit, health, digital, hospitality and tourism. So it brings an incredible wealth of knowledge to the conversation as to how different organisations lead or not lead. Uh, so this is part of the reason I've asked Blake to join us because I think he's got some really awesome things to share. So Blake, <laughs> maybe I'll allow him to talk now rather than me talk about how fantastic Blake is. But maybe Blake, you've got something that you want to share about your time working together or some insights before we launch into some hard-hitting questions. Harding. Yeah. Okay. Well, first, I guess, thank you for having me. It's, um, I see a lot of the activity and the, the positivity you're putting out there in terms of leadership and having been fortunate enough to work together, I can, I know firsthand what that feels like. So I think for me, and it's interesting that you share different things, how you describe me, but perhaps I probably wouldn't say them myself. So I consider myself, you know, to bring people together, see things from different people's perspective. And so working together, I guess for me, the leadership that you allowed or the leader you allowed me to become was really in and around space, like safe environment and a place that you can try new ideas, that you can be vulnerable and bring those ideas to the table. And so that kind of does a full circle around what I hope we're going to cover today, you know, some questions around giving some tangible examples of what that felt like, you know, not always good, like don't get me wrong, like sometimes you have to really push through. And as you said, humor 
humor is my defense mechanism or it's my way of enabling a new conversation or channeling a new idea or bringing people together with some common ground. So yeah, it's great to hear that that's, that's one of my positive qualities, not a distraction technique as I practice. <laughs> people who've joined us online so feel free to jump in and say hello everybody because we'd love to hear from you and if you've got any questions or anything you want to know by all means curly ones ask so what we're going to talk about is leadership and i'm hoping that we might be able to talk through some insights in terms of leadership and what we think it is because it is a curly beast what is it what does it look like so if i was to say to you leadership is fill in the blanks okay so for me leadership Leadership is about being brave for me. So being brave, often you're walking a path untrodden. And so in doing so, being brave, you also want to build other people up. So for me, leadership is is those two combined. It's being brave, pushing forward, and then also helping other people to come along for the journey and then building them up so that they can also be brave. So it's kind of a moving together or leading together, I guess. (laughs) Good call good out. Segue, yeah. Maybe good I, should, I should work in marketing. <laughs> so, so if I was maybe then to reflect on a leadership that's inspired you, who would that be and why? And yet you're allowed to say me. No, only joking. Yeah. Probably bigger than that. I think leadership for me emerged probably early on in life and, and not in the sense of leadership at work you know for me role models in terms of like i've got a really strong mum got great grandparents they really shaped what it meant to be you know kind caring they were the first people to kind of demonstrate humility and so i think for me i really find i work best in environments where i thrive where you it's about human connection it's about people and so i kind of take those learnings from being an early child and knowing right from right, doing the right thing, you know, which is not always the easiest thing, but it's the right yeah. thing. So I think that, you know, if I think about my mom or grandparents or family, humor, love, how to just treat people. And that has transcended for the types of behavior that I look through in the leader. So yourself, and I've had really strong female leaders throughout my career, who all of which I'm so grateful for, who've also demonstrated those qualities that to treat people, how you'd want to be treated yourself in order mm-hmm. to get the best them so they're kind of my my early leadership role models I'd say so I guess then let's talk about the other side of the coin what's the hard leadership lesson that you've had to keep learning and unlearning that the universe keeps putting in front of you oh my god take your own advice if you're trying to solve a problem and often if you listen a lot and you really enjoy connecting with people people will bring you their problems and most of the time not to solve but just to listen Mm-hmm. And occasionally you might be given the opportunity, you know, what do you think or how might you frame that perspective? So I find for myself, if somebody brings me a problem, I can draw it out and I'm quite visual so I can draw the problem and provide many different options or solutions if that's what they need. But trying to follow that yourself. Yeah. Um, and also a bit of a bit of self-analysis or really um, looking under the microscope, which no one likes to do. So how would you solve the problem if it wasn't your problem for your own? So those are the things that the universe keeps presenting to me is if somebody else presented the problem, how would I approach that? And so why would that be different if approaching it for myself? So kind of taking those things that you know, you know, do as I say, not as I do. That's such a great phrase that I can use time and time again. So that for me would be one of those that I just have to constantly, you know, work on yourself. Yeah. Um, 
not be so hard on yourself and um, all of the advice that you might give someone is to take it yourself. Oh, sometimes they're the hard ones. Where you oh. see the most growth, like let's be honest, you know, we're, yeah. a, as you've told me before, you're a muscle that can stretch and, and then, you know, retreat and you see how far you can go. And so some of those lessons for yourself and your own leadership, they are really big ones. And yeah. sometimes, again, you walk them alone because you're being vulnerable mm. with yourself. So that's, um, yeah. And then when you break, you break through the other side and you think, well, actually, it wasn't so bad. Or perhaps maybe thinking it might have been this big growth thing when actually it was already there. Yeah, completely. So what is the best piece of leadership advice you've ever been given and why? Or what's the shittiest piece of advice you've been given you need to warn us about? So the best is... I could probably answer both because I think I've heard both at, at certain points in my career. So the best is by far protect the culture. Mm. If you protect your culture and you really invest and care about your people. And, and, and that doesn't mean to say that every person that you lead or you work together, you have to be best of friends, but showing a genuine care or interest in who they are, what it means to be them, what they care about and champion that culture I think often now in organizations, culture could be measured through surveys, culture could be measured by opinion, hearsay, but really great culture, you can feel it. And for me, great culture is what has kept people coming back to work, irrespective of the challenge, the goal, the massive mountain you're trying to climb, the unachievable end place that you think you need to be. But if you have great culture and you can feel it, that for me has been one of those things that and culture just doesn't come from the top down. It's everyone's responsibility to drive and champion that culture and make the culture what you want it to be. Build the best environment for you to be the most productive in and then really push for that. You know, Advocate for yourself and push that forward to help support your team. So for me, culture is king. That's without a doubt so important. And then probably the, the shittiest piece of advice would be that, you know, well, sometimes you just have to get tough or... Sometimes you just have to lose your rag or sometimes you just need to be autocratic. You know, that might work in certain industries or certain lines of work from my experience. So you may get the result, but you might not get loyalty or you may hit the specific goal or target, but you might kill culture in the process or you might advance a small step, but you retreat in another area. So there would be my two pieces and they're almost, I guess, at polar opposite ends of the the spectrum that culture is so far here and then not caring about people or investing in them but just driving a certain route or outcome they're almost incongruent with each other so they would be my two that work for me and I know that's not to say that's the the standard but for me that they would be my drivers like really lean towards that culture piece I love that that's your answer for me culture is king and uh, work really hard on trying to put culture first and in the center so in terms of leadership and where you get your information, maybe give me three leadership books that you think you would personally recommend. Yeah, so I guess for me, I'm quite visual anyway. So I personally struggle to read, so physically pick up a book and read, but I invest heavily in Audible. So how can I take information in, use my imagination to actually conceive what they're saying? So combining that with the dog walk or just breaking up some time, like a break away from your desk. So I don't necessarily go for leadership books, but I go for mm -hmm. books that are going to help me grow. So top three or three great ones. So The 4-Hour Work Week by Tim Ferriss, some excellent tangible examples that you can take in your day-to-day -day that 
allow you to delegate smarter, to think outside the box, to gain a different perspective, to find your passion and your joy amongst your work. So, you know, work takes up such a large proportion of our day. Is there a way that you can put it onto autopilot to achieve the same results as well as working for yourself? So that's, that's like a really great, almost like a self-help book. Oh, and Peter's um, just asked us a gold question. So is there any podcasts you'd recommend, Blake? For me, podcast is really in entertainment and downtime. So the murder mystery ones, they're always great. Well, my favorite is the Panay Brown podcast. If you haven't got a hold of that yet, the Dead Elite podcast from Benay Brown is brilliant. Brilliant leadership podcast if you're interested in kind of burying down into there. I am a little bit of a Benay Brown fanatic, so I, I, her book, Dare to Lead, is, is phenomenal. I think for me, you know, your different outlets of, so for me, when I'm listening to Audible, I'm listening to books, I'm in the growth mindset. So if I'm commuting to work in the car, 30 minutes, how can I grow myself during that point to get there and be in the right mindset to get to work? Yeah. A podcast or music is like my downtime. So yeah. I guess all the other books would be Essentialism by Greg McEwen. So his concept around, you know, busy culture, or we always consume with, lots of things but what is the essential thing you know the yeah. example he gives which is really great is you've got a full day's worth of work you get the call you have to leave work at midday somehow you're able to prioritize and get the most essential things done and still be out the door and having done the most important things for the day so greg's view on essentialism and, and trying to pick out the best way to use your time you know we have a finite amount of time in the day and we can only do so many things and then how elrod's book the miracle morning so it talks a lot about CEOs and how they approach their day and how they are able to achieve. You know, we have the same amount of hours in our day as Beyonce. We have the same amount of hours in our day as Steve Jobs. So how is it that they're able to achieve such greatness with the same amount of hours? So The Miracle Morning really talks about getting up, investing in yourself, prioritizing the things that are going to make you the best version of yourself so that you can be the best you can in your work. So they're more like those pieces that we just constant self-development, which if you bring your full self to work, those kind of values actually dip into your leadership and might share something with other people. So they would be just three great ones to... And there's another one here, Tools of Titans, which is also a great mind opener. Mm. So that's some great recommendations. Some more to add to the reading list. (laughs) Oh, here's a cracker for you, Blake. So what is the one stereotype or myth of leadership that we need to let go of? I think, I mean, I'm quite connected to my emotions. And I would say that the stereotype around being emotional or empathetic or vulnerable are signs of weakness. So for me, I've, I've spoken to many different people, like I consider myself to be a, a really big empath. And having empathy and walk a mile in someone else's shoes. And I've often said that to different people and they've said, you should probably try and practice compassion over empathy because there's no point both of you feeling down. And (laughs) the interesting is that empathy isn't empathy. You can walk a mile in someone else's shoes when they're at their most joy and experiencing Mm -hmm. what joy feels like for them. It doesn't always have to be about the negative, but it's about really connecting with them. So And you know what, if you are being truly empathetic and someone shares something with you, which is incredibly challenging, incredibly difficult, that might be outside of work. If it's sad, it's okay to be emotional. That doesn't make you any less of a leader. If anything, you know, I think to quote Brene Brown, I think she says, you know, when someone tells you something awful, she says, you know, the best thing you could say is, 
I don't really know what to say, but I'm just so glad you told me. I think mm. connecting with people at that level is, is just life gets in the way of work. It happens during work time. And so sometimes you might have to listen to something that's completely non-related to work. But if that is the barrier that's holding that person back for achieving, the, they'll get it off their chest and they'll be able to connect and feel like they were really heard. And then they'll probably overachieve in what they were doing because that's been paralyzing them or keeping them stuck where they are. So I think that sort of empathy, emotion and connection piece for me is is really big. And I've seen amazing things in people when you kind of engage with that. So mm. I really love the fact that uh, empathy is is one of those things that's important to you and the value of being seen and heard is critical for people in the workforce not just in the workforce, but also personal relationships. It's actually one of those profound life lessons that horses have given to me, the ability of being seen and heard. All right, here's another brilliant question for you, Blake, and a little bit deeper and personal. What do you think your best leadership quality is and why? Or if you want to skirt around it, what do you think is a good characteristic that every leader should have? Okay. I guess it's the link to the last question. Empathy. Empathy is one of those soft skills. And I think I read on the most desirable skills for 2021 that those soft skills in leadership moving forward is is essential and critical. And, you know, I've done different training courses along the time, better use of emotional intelligence. And people would argue that you can't teach those things, but I believe that if you put enough effort into different ways of working, understanding yourself and how you communicate, you can definitely improve on what you've got. So for me, mm-hmm. empathy, I think I found that some of my best personal growth, some of the growth that I've seen in the people that I've been so fortunate to work with, work with, when you take the time to listen. And, and as you said, it's not just in work, it can be outside of work. I think often we're so quick to jump to solutions, like when you might be at home talking with your spouse and they tell you a problem it's so difficult to see someone struggle or grapple with something that you instantly go into a solution. Like, well, here's what you could do. And often people have everything that they could possibly need within them to answer the questions, to tackle the biggest problem. Do you not think, like for me, that's the, we have everything that we could possibly need in us. And sometimes just verbalizing it, you know, so what's the problem? Here's the problem. And how do you, why do you feel about that? What makes you feel like this? And what do you think you do differently? Well, I think I'll do that. Well, then do that. And I think just, you know, like a sounding board that people just sometimes be with them to make those, it's a big decision for them. And I think the empathy piece is, you know, you're able to put yourself in a position and sometimes you're asked to provide a solution, but sometimes not. Sometimes just listen to people walk their way out of the brown paper bag that they've stuck themselves in and sealed the end, but just get, you can get so have you turned around? You know, you don't actually have to go that way. You could go a different way. Oh yeah, I guess, I guess so. I think that's the thing when you really care and you want to yeah. say, so yeah, e- empathy, I think there are lots that's of other, you know, project management is essential in organizing stuff, get stuff driven. You know, that's very much process. That's kind of my process side. Humor, mm-hmm. if we're not having fun, then why are we doing it? You know, this, <laughs> this is also fun. You know, why would you want to come on and have a live chat online? Is it going to be fun? Sure. Let's do it. You know, if it yeah. was like, let's just prescribe people what they should do. You know, that's, I think, fun empathy, listening, all those sorts of things. So it's the soft skills for me. It's also really beautiful. And the thing that you may not have realized is the the five whys that you actually did for yourself, which is a really great insight into helping people uncover what it is that's important for them is the asking why 
in a couple of different ways and more often than not they'll come up with their own solution so it's really beautiful to hear you reflect on that that was awesome and look at that i didn't even had it played back to me there so you you must have been listening empathetically to understand my five whys <laughs> what what do you do to continue to grow as a leader I believe, and I think I read this seven habits of highly effective people is that you are the closest five people to you. So Mm -hmm. the way that I grow and I'm very much driven on human connection and people. So find people that like what you like or find people that you would like to be like, or find people that live out the values that you have and then gravitate towards them. So that's powerful. I think, it, and if you read it, there's lots of different things. You know, if you want to be wealthy, surround yourself with wealthy people, move to a wealthy suburb. If you want to work in fundraising, go and work for a, a cause that has no money and all of a sudden you'll learn how to make money. Mm-hmm. I think for me, the, the leadership is find someone smarter than you. Find someone who's already walked the path. Walking, that's not even a word. <laughs> walked the path and get close to them. And it doesn't have to be, you know, hello, I'd like you to be my mentor. but Ask them a question, ask a really insightful question, you know, follow you, love what you do. Can you tell me how would you answer this question or what would you do in this scenario? You can get insight and growth from people in really small ways. It doesn't have to be a formal engagement. You know, a lot of people, they talk about mentors and things. So just start to surround yourself or find the people that fill your cup and then do more of that. And once you find that, that you found those people all of a sudden, like magic, they just start to a bit like those people will connect you with others. So that would be my advice to anyone that I would give out as well as myself is keep finding people that challenge your way of thinking, that make you think differently, that can see growth. And I think hopefully by a bit of osmosis, you might take some of that in and it might help you. Ooh, that's really cool. And what I might do, I've got a couple more questions, but if anyone wants a question before and that wants to ask uh, either both or myself a question about leadership, jump on and ask, terrified by that. But what are the things that you would consider before promoting someone or placing someone in a position of responsibility? What are the things that you think about first? I think in all things, if you are empathetic and you've connected with your team, the first question for me would be, is it for them or is it for the business? Or is mm-hmm. it for both? So often in business, I find that when there's a problem, we need someone to help solve that or we need someone to champion that. So to be really honest with yourself in the role is, is this for that person so that they can achieve their growth or their full potential, the direction they want to go? Or is it for the business? Because we've seen time and time again where there's an opportunity and we can dress it up and say, this would be really great for you. And then we see people struggle with, it's not their desired skill set. It's not the preference that they want. It's not the direction they're going. So I think expecting the result, are they going to struggle? Are they going to challenge? Or are they going to really embrace it and go through that stretch and go, actually, this is really great. I've I've now explored another piece. Or I guess if I was, I think just being mindful of accountability. So you don't want any assumptions. Mm -hmm. So if there's a new role opportunity and I'm going to promote someone, what are the assumptions that I might have? And then if I tell them about the opportunity, what are the assumptions that they might have? Because the one thing you don't want is someone to say, yes, I would love to do that job. Really great. And from your perspective, you're assuming that they might take on the biggest portion of the job, which is the hardest bit. And they might take on the bit that gives them the most joy. And then again, a bit of incongruence. So 
I think ask more questions. Tell me more about the opportunity. Tell me about the potential people. What can you share? What can you tell them? What experience can you provide? Can you give them an example of what it might be like? Maybe it's the first time in the role. You're not going to know. That's a really good, powerful conversation to be able to say, I don't know what the outcome is going to be, but I would empower you to tell me what are the gaps? What have we learned? Is it viable? Those sorts of things. So I think it's around conversation. Yeah. That's awesome insight. What about if you were talking to a young emerging leader, what are the qualities that you think you would want them to encourage in order to be promoted? What do you think they should do? Firstly, I think if you want to be promoted, it can be for a number of different things. People now, it might be that you feel that you want to be acknowledged for the hard work you're doing. So is that recognition? Is that praise? Is that a title? Is it a salary? Is it what's happening in the market? Is it what's happening in the industry? So I think, firstly, I would always say to people, like, be careful what you wish for, because mm-hmm. you, might, you might just get it. You might yeah. just get that promotion and then go, mm-hmm. well, I just jumped into the fire. <laughs> so there's, there's that. I, I, let's, let's be honest. I think we've all done it where we've gone, oh, my gosh, I need to be promoted or I want that job. And then when we get it, go, Oh, <laughs> now I've got it. Yep, cinch feet. That is tough at the top. It can be quite lonely. And I think mm-hmm. if you come from an environment where you're thriving and very connected and all of a sudden you step into a role where there are less leaders or less managers, that it can be quite lonely. And so mm-hmm. you kind of have to find your groove again. And I guess, so the question you'd said, so looping back, oh, managing up, manage up. <laughs> manage up your <laughs> expectations, like just like there. So answer the question so i think for me be like put yourself in the position of of the person if you want to be promoted think about what are the questions that they're going to ask you have you explored every aspect of your role have you got tangible examples of where you've done that think about if you're in that position and someone came to you and said oh i'd really like a promotion are you able to talk about all of the things that you're doing in your role where you're achieving what motivates them what does success look like for them are you able to articulate that so that you can really show that you're grounded in in what you're doing and, and how you've got space, uh, room to grow, that it's it's on your career trajectory. So it's not so much for me about asking for the promotion. It's more in and around the conversation of, I've already anticipated what you're going to say about this. And so I've prepared for that. And I've, and I've thought about what you've said here and I've done a bit of analysis outside. And, and I thought that you might also explore this. And I think from a, a leader, you know, if you've got someone coming to you that you haven't had to challenge them and kind of, okay, well, I want you to go away and research that. If you've already kind of explored what's there. And at the same time, if you don't know, you can also ask your leader, if mm. I was to for a promotion, what are some of the things that you would look for? You know, when I was going to go from a, a this question, role, yeah, what are yeah. some of the things you would look for? So give yourself a head start of trying to find the things. We've also had a couple from the floor, which is awesome. <laughs> so Benny Jays asked, what's the place of mentoring in leadership? And I know I've been fortunate to have a couple of really good mentors. So it, it is very lonely at the top. <laughs> so getting some networks in and around you further up leadership becomes even more important in my view. But uh, the other thing that I think is really important from a leadership perspective is also understand the type of leader you don't want to be as much as the leader you do want to be. Um, What's your thoughts on that, Blake? Yeah, so you just said then on the leader that you don't want to be versus the leader you do. I guess my take on that would be you might not know what that is until you're in it. So 
often even jumping the fire, as we said, it's like you may think that you want responsibility, accountability to lead in a certain way. And you might find when you get there that that's not what you want. It, it wasn't what you thought. So I guess for me, that's a very real example of where you explore an avenue and go, actually, maybe this isn't what I want. And that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But the, the question, was it from Ben? So mentorship. I think yeah. that like at the moment in my current employer, I work for PEXA and we have a mentor program, which is part of the organization's makeup. So it's part of the culture. So it's actively encouraged to seek out mentors and mentees within the business. And so I'm currently fortunate to be in that program. I have just the most wonderful mentor in the business, but I also look externally for mentors. And as I said before, that doesn't mean to say you have to have a formal agreement. This can be anyone in your life that you want to contact with or different areas of business or just, as I say, soliciting people for questions and just to say, look, I really admire what you do. If you could answer a question, I don't think it has to be formal as what we might think, like an internship, you know, mm-hmm. who has the time to really, truly mentor it. For some of the people at very senior levels who are wearing multiple hats, you might be a leader in a business, you might be on a board. You probably don't have the amount of time, but to answer a question or a perspective. So I think the role of mentorship, you have to, you know, drive your own development. Um, we would love to think that everyone around us is really invested in us, but we're just so busy. Life <laughs> everything in the way so i think be an active participant in your own mentorship and if you get other opportunities like myself i have that in my work take it with both hands and enjoy it and kat's asked us another fabulous question as well so what are some of the tips you can share on inspiring others in the workplace to help bring other people on board and get them excited too i love cheerleaders in my team absolutely love cheerleaders so somebody in the team doesn't have to be you from my perspective is I actually really love people in the team that are going to get excited about the next system the next project the next something and as long as you've got some cheerleaders in your crew and in your corner it's easy to do stuff so easy so find them it may be your mentor that is your cheerleader Maybe it could actually be one of your staff that you're managing as your cheerleader. But for me, having that person in your corner that is going to go, yeah, I love that idea, even though it could be crap, is good for me. For me, that's what fills my cup is having cheerleaders that are good pumper uppers for others. That kind of loops back to your culture. If your culture is to power people up, you know, vulnerability and saying about an idea you know don't care how crazy it is just everybody i mean you've done this a lot when we've worked together you know bring everyone together whiteboard paper no idea is a stupid idea everything's going to go everything out there what do you think like we could be the craziest idea want to hear it you know to be in a safe space where you can have idea generation and i'm mapping you know i'm very visual so i like to see it and what could that look like and how does that connect on all oh, that that line now joins to there you can see it connecting that actually a, a stupid or far off idea actually probably isn't that stupid so i think the environment so how do you inspire people i think again if you can lean in like vulnerability renee brown again one of our favorites she says that the birthplace of innovation is vulnerability so how do you get true innovation and idea generation if without being vulnerable and i think you know leading leading is as i said in the beginning it's about being brave for me honestly i have said in my time in my professional career, I've said some really outlandish ideas that people laughed at. 
I've said some really crazy things that now looking back, it's like, you know, just through fear of contribution, I should just say something and then say it, but nothing bad happened. I think that's the bit when you say it, people are quick to forget if as well. Like, oh, I can't even remember what the idea, what was it if you have to revisit it? So I think to inspire people breeding a culture of ideas, vulnerability. And, and I think that looks different for different people. If you think of it, like I'm a big fan of personality tests and analyzing, you know, I've been to see psychologists and who am I and what does that mean? So for me, I'm quite extrovert, but for introverts, you know, if you put people on the spot and say, give me your ideas, you might not get the best out of them. So finding the forums for inspiration. So that might be however it works for them. Maybe it's an ideas box and you read it out once per month as they start to build confidence. So some people will be really comfortable being vulnerable and some people will be really protective. So creating different outlets. And I guess that kind of links to safe culture. I was just going to say, it's kind of following on from that is allowing people to fail. The best way to inspire people is to allow them a space to make mistakes and not be fearful is reduce fear is how to inspire people. It's not just the positive end of it, but it's also if you can learn, because failure is the best way to learn. Um, and if you can find way, way learn, yeah, quickest way. If you can allow people, give people permission to fail, it's an awesome way to, to create inspiration. Failing safely as well, I think, sorry, just, I know you're just to move on then, but failing safely is, I think, part of leadership. And I know that you've taught me a lot in this space is that if you've got enough time in your rollout of whatever you're running, so in marketing, it's very much time driven. You know, we've got this idea and we need to roll out at this point. If you have enough time and enough padding and there's a little bit of budget to move, you can fail in time as it gets closer to the deadline unfortunately you know the the time that can go into failing reduces so i think that's mm-hmm. kind of my process and project management side of things is there comes a point where you just have to do things yep. but you that's a learning in itself well what do we want to do next time so that we can provide that environment so let's put longer lead time in so that if it takes you two weeks to come up with the ideas well i'm going to add that into the timeline so that you still mm-hmm. get the chance to test but we still hit the goals because inevitably we're still a business. We still need to drive a result. And so I think that's a balance of leadership, leadership and management where knowing your people, if it takes them longer to come up with an idea, provide the time that they can. If, if the time frame is always too short, you're probably never going to get ideas because you're always just going to get churned. So I think that's um, plan for ideas and fun. Fantastic. And is, uh, so we're getting close to time. So I'm going to ask you one last question, which is what, and this is one of my favorites because I'm deeply trying to practice gratitude at the moment. It's my favorite thing to do. So what are you deeply grateful for now? I am so grateful for connection Mm. and I a bit about like my backstory. So I, I left the nonprofit sector around about 12 months ago. So my husband work circumstances changed when COVID hit as it did for many people. And so I left the third sector and went into the first sector. So now I work for commercial business and the power of connection when you start a job remotely to have people that you can just pick up the phone and for a long time, always for me, that's been a lot of it has been surrounded by my work because you work so closely together in your office. When you're remote, at the end of a screen, it can be hard to demonstrate empathy. Like that is a real legitimate piece. So I think for me, the connection, I, all my family live in the UK. So connection, technology, all of those sorts of things that we 
I can't imagine what it would have been like to go through a pandemic in a time before technology where we had letters and long distance phone calls. So it's really in in people and in connection. And I've learned a lot about myself during the pandemic and the lockdown of what really does fill my cup? What is it that gets the best out of me? What is it that I need to find? Where's the balance in my day? Like how much connection do I need to have with people to get my best self? And obviously it's ebbs and flows. Some days you need to borrow from one column to another to get your job done. And sometimes you maybe need to pull back on your work and invest in your connection because that's what works for me. That's not the same for everyone. I know other people are motivated very differently. Some people will have thrived during a lockdown and been so focused on their job and achieve such great results that actually now it might be the reverse in coming back to a new normal that they may really struggle with how can I get the same output that I had? So theirs might be in reverse, but I know for me, it was revisiting those new norms and really finding my connection and, and the people around me that help boost me and push me forward, especially when you're running on empty. And I know that so many people have during COVID because everything had to change and you you don't have a, a benchmark or a standard. So I'm so grateful, just to loop back again, I'm just so grateful for the connections I have and the people in my life. I couldn't be more thankful for them, all of them, all of you. Yeah. <laughs> that's a beautiful, that's actually a really beautiful way to wrap up what has been an awesome conversation. Uh, thank you for chatting with me. I'm incredibly grateful for connections too, Blake. It, COVID has taught us a lot of things and taught us the power of internet, taught us the power of yeah, live broadcasts. Wow. Look at us go, but also the things that really matter. And when you're not able to physically connect with somebody, it's amazing how much you desperately want. I don't know about you, but desperately want to hug those people that are close to you even tighter. So thank you for being brave. Thank you for connecting. I think it really does talk to my value that just by doing this, if it has provided anybody with just one spark of a new idea that maybe I'll enjoy that book or maybe I'll read up about empathy or something, and then that helps them to connect better with people. I mean, that's it's just a small, I think you've said this, small change, big difference. If something like this can allow more people to connect, then that more than fills my cup for February. You know, that what an amazing thing that you've done to bring invite me here to talk about this so thank you i think this is what we need more of is real talk around leadership that is hard and (laughs) some of it we're doing it for the first time and as i said you have to be brave people look to leaders for solutions when sometimes we don't know we're just (laughs) we 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 literally like and we we have such conviction with okay here's here's how we're going to do it and people go all right and off they go and you think well, I really hope this works, but if it doesn't. <laughs> that is the nugget of gold that we finally got to, is that we make it up as we go along. <laughs> so, just be brave, make it up, and connect. Connect empathetically. Connect empathetically with, with conviction. Oh, you're awesome, Blake. Thank I you am so, much so much grateful that you've shared some time with us, and you've been an awesome bundle of fun and i appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and sharing with us and if everyone's enjoyed it then i'm going to do it again we'll find some more people to share their leadership and life lessons over a live lunch and i'm really glad the tech stayed up for the whole time as well so that i'm really grateful for right now i shout out to Streamyard. great yeah this has been good
Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much and um, have a have a great rest of the week ahead. Thanks so much, everyone. Cheers. Leadership takes courage and persistence. Great leaders don't set out to be great. They set out to make a difference. Subscribe at leadingtogether.net.au or follow us on our socials for more information and inspiration on leadership. <laughs>